episode hooray oh actually <laughs> while i've got you here um oh my god i need to do my nails they look atrocious anyways um i have uh just today put up on my soundcloud uh i finally fucking uploaded something because i haven't since like christmas i think um but i i did <laughs> i did a, a random spontaneous cover of why i try to change me now which you may know by frank sinatra you may also know it by fiona apple i i I did the fiona apple arrangement because i'm a girl and it's easier for me to do that than to attempt to um transpose it anyways so that's on my soundcloud which is in the description if you wanted to hear that and find out how I procrastinate because I should have been recording things like this and I was like but what if I just recorded something else instead so that's what I did anyways I'm gonna get on with the episode now so I'm glad I'm doing this episode late because it gives me the opportunity to talk about that interview, the interview. You know the one. You know what I'm talking about. It is the interview that has every bitch on the block shook. Meghan and Harry talk to Oprah. Okay. For those who have been living under a rock or do not care about the UK's archaic practice of having a royal family, I am talking about Prince Harry, who is the son of. Prince Charles and the grandson of the Queen of wherever Miss Thing is, the Queen of currently, I'll be real with you, I don't know everything she reigns over. I just know that some of my taxes go to keeping her in the lifestyle she's accustomed to despite her being already rich and I'm deeply uncomfortable with that. Um, and Meghan, his wife, Meghan Markle, um, you may know her from television and things because she was a famous actress uh, before she had the misfortune to marry into the worst family on the planet. Um, However, her and Harry seem very happy and I'm happy for them. Um, So they did an interview with Oprah to talk about their experiences. Um, And oh my God, Oh my fucking God. I, girl, listen, 
I already didn't think much of, of the royal family, but Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, let's let's run through some of the things. Um, Megan talked about how she had been struggling with mental health um, while being a, a working royal, whatever that means. She apparently didn't know what that means either. Um, and she didn't really get what the royal family do. And you know what's this? I see you, I feel you. Um, so she talked about how she had had suicidal thoughts um, and she was in a really bad place mentally and she asked if she could get help and support for that. She asked if she could seek treatment, which is a very normal thing to do. It's very normal. She's not asking for much. She's just saying, I'm struggling. Can I go to a doctor? That's a very fucking normal thing, right? And the palace told her she couldn't because it would look bad. (laughs) What kind of fuckery is this? I... Okay, so apparently she went to the human resources they have human resources for a whole family that's wild um and they said to her that there was nothing they could do because she wasn't a paid member of the institution right so then she asked if she could go and get treatment and then she was told that she couldn't because it wouldn't look good for the institution so it's like what do you want this girl to do you won't help her you won't let her go and get help what the fuck is wrong with you people (laughs) What kind of nonsense is this? I Let's talk about some other things that shocked me. Apparently, the first time she met the queen, she had to curtsy to her. I Listen, I get it if you're in public and everyone's looking, but they met at a private, like, in private. Like, they, there weren't cameras, there weren't, like, members of the public. So it's like, what, so Miss Lizzie, she still wants all the yes and graces, even though no one else, like, girl, Really? Miss Thing, turn down the ego. I, girl, this <laughs> whole family is so like horrifyingly dysfunctional. It's horrifying. It's terrifying. I, okay. So there was this big story about how Meghan made Kate Middleton cry. Kate Middleton is, uh, she's a duchess of some place. I don't fucking know. But anyway, she's married to Prince William. Um... They had that big wedding. I remember that because I was, um, I think it was maybe like my first year of uni. Um, no, my second year because I, (laughs) I briefly got engaged. It didn't work out, obviously. Um, and he got me a replica of the ring that Kate Middleton had when she got engaged because everybody had them at that point. Like, everybody got them. Because I think it was the same one Diana had as well and, and, like, everybody went mad for them. You know, the ones with the little... the blue stone and all that shenanigans. Um, but, yeah, anyways, so <laughs> that's who Kate Middleton is. So there was this big story about how Megan made Kate cry, which obviously makes Megan look fucking terrible. Now, as it all turns out, that didn't fucking happen. It was the reverse of that. Kate made Megan cry. Um, they had this fight about something with Megan's wedding and flower girl dresses or some nonsense. And Kate made Megan cry. Um, 
but Kate apologised and she bought her flowers and that was the end of it. There was no further beef with the girls. They were not fighting, they were happy. The press somehow finds out about this but gets a weird twisted version where Megan made Kate cry. Yeah, because, you know, of course they jump straight to the whole angry black woman makes fragile white woman cry and run with it even if it's not true. My question is this. Firstly, how did the press get hold of this story? And how did they get hold of a twisted version that blames Megan and just twists the whole narrative? That's what I want to know. I I feel like it came from the palace. I'm not going to lie. These, these bitches are shady. Okay. <laughs> they are... Mm. They'll welcome you in, they'll smile at you, and then they'll turn on you and just like feed you to the press. It's terrifying. Um, so yeah, Megan forgave Kate. They made up. It was fabulous. But then the press were given this story, I would assume, about how Kate had started crying because of something Megan did, which wasn't true at all. And the royal family did nothing. They did nothing to correct that. They just let it go, even though they knew Megan was being attacked. It's fucked up. Um... So, girl, apparently the queen is nice and she like has a blanket in the car and she let Megan share the blanket or something. Okay, I mean, all right. <laughs> this, okay, so then they moved on to one of the things that really fucking shocked me, but I'm 90% sure I know who did it. So Megan talked about how there were conversations that were had within the royal family about concerns about how dark baby Archie's skin would be when he was born. Baby Archie, I don't know if he's still a baby anymore, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna call him that anyways. Um, so baby Archie, little baby, he's Megan and Harry's son. Um, and obviously, Megan is biracial, and Harry is white, so, you know. But the family were talking about how they were concerned about how dark his skin would be. Harry and Megan have said they don't want to say who it was, because it would be really damaging, and they don't want to hurt anybody. I feel like it's Prince Philip, because Prince Philip's entire brand is being, like, some raggedy racist dude okay like this man has had more racist incidents than i have had hot dinners this man is constantly saying racist shit so it's like i feel like he was at least involved in this um some other people are also speculating about prince charles i feel that could be uh reasonable too um because he does not come across well in the rest of this so you know i don't know i i feel like i feel like phil is the culprit here but we'll see um they were also told that convention was being changed for archie as he was the first baby of color in the family bitch what what does that even mean He's a baby. I... Go. Go. 
Listen, I like to drag the royals, but they're just making it easy for me at this point. I <laughs> These... Mm, wow. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? Um... Oh my god. Uh... They were told that Archie would not be entitled to security. That's a bit suspect to me. Um... Oh my god. It was girl. The the mess. The mess of it all. Um Megan was talking about how she had to go to an event um when she was a working royal and she was, you know, smiling in all the pictures, but then when they were alone, her and Harry, she was crying her eyes out. And I'm gonna be real. That is fucking horrifying to think about. Um, and and here's the thing as well I completely fucking believe her I believe every word she says and do you want to know why? because we now know how horribly this family treated Princess Diana for example right? so how is it outside the realms of possibility that they would do exactly the same and then some to Meghan I completely believe it these people, my god and yet Andrew's fine, Mr. I'm gonna go to like literal paedophile island or whatever. My God, this family, my fucking God. Um, Harry and Meghan are having a girl for the next baby, by the way. Um, but I mean, that's their child and it's, you know, it's not my business, so I'm not that concerned. Um, but so Harry and Meghan, Still to this day, followed by the press, uh, the press giving away their location and everything, but they they don't have security anymore. Um, And so they're, you know, they're quite at risk. That's fucked up. Um, There was a big thing when Harry and Meghan said that they were going to step back from royal duties and everyone was like, oh, they didn't tell the queen. They blindsided the queen. Oh my God, how evil. What a betrayal turned out that didn't happen turned out that did not happen oh my god see this is what i'm talking about this this fucking crime family man my god so harry had several in-depth conversations with the queen to tell her this was going to happen she knew it was going to happen if miss thing didn't prepare for it that's on her but she knew and you know who else knew? And this is, this is what I was talking about. Prince Charles coming across badly here. Prince fucking Charles knew. Because he and Harry had two conversations about the matter. And then, this is the real bad part. Prince Charles stopped returning his motherfucking calls. I... Listen. Prince Charles is perhaps the... The worst in my opinion, because this is a man who basically mentally destroyed Diana, who was basically like a child when they got married in the first place, cheated on her, humiliated her, um, and then now, when his son needs him, his son is saying, look, dad, I need you. I, I can't take this lifestyle, it's too much. They're harassing my wife, they're harassing my child. We're getting threats, we've got no security, it's all fucked up. Please try and understand. 
Prince Charles decides to play the petulant fucking child and start ignoring his own son. Ignoring his own damn son. I... What the fuck kind of parent is this bitch? I... Listen... You, you can't just ignore your own child. That's ridiculousness. That's ludicrousness. I... This bitch, I... Oh my God. Ignoring his own child. Ignoring his grandchild. Ignoring his daughter-in-law. What the fuck is wrong with this big-eared bitch? I... Listen... Oh my god. Harry also said the royal family are basically terrified of the British tabloid press, which is fucking hilarious. Can the tabloids just get it together and turn on them so that the monarchy can end, please? I would love that. That would be great. Um, Harry says he felt trapped. Um, He says that he knows that a lot of the family feel trapped in the system. Um, But listen, listen right they could leave and we could stop paying for them and they could get proper jobs and they could pay for their own fucking housing and all that shenanigans like Meghan and Harry are doing because because that's important here Meghan and Harry are paying for their own shit okay they got cut off they got thrown aside so they said okay we're gonna go it on our own we're gonna go do our thing they are paying for their own stuff right now that that's what's happening right and listen i want you to know something the royal family are already rich they have a lot of money already so if we were to say that's it that's your lot you're not getting any more they absolutely could still exist and live and whatever it's it's not like we'd be saying to them right we're seizing everything we're taking back all the money and you can go live in a council house in lewisham on universal credit that's not going to happen they will still have all of the money they currently have they will still have access to housing so if the monarchy were to end it's not like these people are going to be chucked out on the fucking streets okay so so them acting like this you know and and I'm gonna be real I mean Harry said he had compassion for like Charles and William and all those people who can't leave I don't I don't have compassion for them because the way that they have treated Harry and Meghan is cruel and it's not like they are actually trapped really this whole we have a duty duty to do what like what is it the royal family actually do these days that is of great importance that they couldn't just do as regular celebrities that fund their own lifestyles like think about it like all the charity work they could just do that out of the kindness of their hearts they don't need to be taxpayer subsidized to do it okay um a lot of people they'll say oh well you know the royals they 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 hold the government to account they keep the government in line do they fuck they have not done that for the longest time and they probably never will again they will just i mean 
the Queen and the Prime Minister have their little chats every week, but it doesn't actually come to anything because the government's going to do what the government wants to do and it doesn't really matter what the Queen wants, realistically speaking. So that's not an excuse. And then there's the whole tourism thing. Well, here's an idea. End the monarchy. You could keep the palaces Use them as museums. It's not like these people can't afford to go buy themselves some stately home or whatever to live in. Because they can. And we know they can. So there's really no need for the monarchy to exist at this point, realistically speaking. Um, But I think we just hang on to it for nostalgia or whatever. Um, Anyway, um, where was I? Uh, Yeah, so... Meghan and Harry were talking about how how they basically kind of got themselves through this situation, you know, having the whole family just kind of turn on them and they kind of helped each other through it. Um, Harry talked a bit more about Prince Charles and he said he felt really let down um, and that Charles knows how painful it is to have people turn on you. I'm assuming he's referring to that time when Charles wanted to marry Camilla What's-Her-Face and then the palace were like, no, bitch. <laughs> so then he ended up marrying Diana. Do you know, it's it's interesting. I feel like maybe there would just be a lot less harm caused by this family if they would just let Charles have his moment with Camilla or whatever because there was so much emotional damage done to Diana as a result of her being married to Charles. And as much as I hate Charles, especially right now, I feel like it probably was difficult for him. Um, However, Harry has a point. Charles knows what this shit is like and he still just let his son go through it and started ignoring him. Like, what the fucking hell is that? Um, But anyway, so they, they they got a little bad blood going on. That's interesting. Um, he talked a bit about William he said that they've been through hell together they're on different paths it wasn't very detailed Um, but William's super boring so I guess I wouldn't really (laughs) it's not really much to talk about Uh, Megan said something that, that really struck me she said I regret believing them when they said I would be protected And I think she has a point there because she was pretty much thrown to the wolves time and time again, um, over and over. Um, She was just constantly thrown under the bus for no reason as well. That's the thing. There was no reason that the palace had to do that because if they had just... Because here's the thing, here's the thing. The the perception and the optics um, are important here. If the palace had been supportive of Meghan and said, yeah, we love her, she's great. People would have followed because the press would have gone with that and people would have followed, right? It Like, you know, there, there was no need to throw her under the bus. The only reason it has been done is out of spite. You know, it didn't need to happen, but it did. And that is fucked up because they basically told this girl to her face we'll look after you you're gonna be fine don't worry everything's gonna be all right and then behind her back they're being shady they're going to the papers and saying oh 
here's something you can write about Megan, knowing full well it's not true, throwing her under the bus, seeing all the racist attacks coming her way and saying nothing in her defence. They fucking, they lied to that girl. They fucking lied. They fucking lied. And, and this family, you know, whether they like Megan or not, Archie is still the Queen's great-grandson. Harry is still her grandson. Like, are these people heartless? Do they not? Like, what is wrong with them? I don't... The most maladjusted family in the whole of the UK. It is wild and horrifying. God. Anyways, I hope that Harry and Meghan and Archie and their little girl have lovely lives away from the madhouse and the circus of this outdated institution and I hope the monarchy ends very soon and when it does I'm gonna rent out Buckingham Palace and have like some kind of wild anti-monarchy party it'll be fabulous I'm gonna have a piñata of like Prince Philip Pin me to your wall, let me be your poster girl. Posted on lampposts and reddit threads with rhetoric and rumours. Deconstruct my death before it's even reported in full. Tell yourself you honour me with your curiosity. Tie me up in the tropes of true crime. Dead girls never say no, so regrettably you can call me what you like. You bother me with your curiosity, digging into my dirt, your nails filthy with fragments of my privacy, an old life that I will never step into again, now covered in oily fingerprints, drenched in shame and assumption, knee-deep in necro-stalking, until a more captivating corpse comes along. Okay. So I threw in some rambling about the royal family before this because I was like, girl, not this. I can't start with something depressing and angry. I have to put something in first. So you get to hear me like sassing the royal family before this is a little like, um, I don't know. You know what I mean? Anyways, um... Um, okay, so I was thinking earlier this week about, um, women who are murdered because, um, everybody is thinking about Sarah Everard. If you are not sure who she is, she was uh, a lady who, um, went missing here in the UK and um unfortunately uh it has 
now been discovered that she she was murdered um it was i mean it's really kind of got people talking again about um violence against women um in the UK and even further afield um and I am I'm very I'm trying to be very cautious about what I say because I don't want some fucking cop turning up on my front door being like congratulations we're arresting you for contempt of court especially because right now I don't want to be fucking near a fucking cop that is not a statement about this case it's just a just a statement in general before anyone tries to come for me um listen honey I'm a woman and I'm ethnic I have like twice the reason to be wary of them um okay so for those that don't understand that a policeman has been arrested and charged with her murder her kidnapping and an additional charge of indecent exposure um so yeah that's a whole thing so there's been a lot of discussion about um this case in particular but generally about violence against women and girls um and the way that women and girls lives are restricted because of that um there's been quite a lot of like delusion and denial from some people i want listen i want to make something real clear here okay because i every time i talk about things like this i get emails from people <laughs> like they're all just kind of like no man i've never done anything bad and i'm like okay would you like a medal for not being like a rapist or something like okay cool uh you know i'm very aware that not every man um has committed a violent or sexual crime and that's great i am also aware that there are some women that have committed violence and sexual crimes okay but right now we're talking about these things in relation to men so could you maybe save the whole not all men what about women kerfuffle for later please because oh my god <laughs> i just go 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 so um but the the that poem itself isn't um isn't just about um this case in particular um i wanted to kind of talk about how and this is not going to win me friends either but there we are you know <laughs> um how the true crime community treats victims of crime particularly murdered women um because i find it deeply unsettling the way that they treat 
these people who are real people you know the the people that you'll see on true crime shows discussed on true crime podcasts discussed on true crime forums they are real people they're not figments of your imagination they're not tv characters or characters from a book or a film they're real people and i think sometimes it and again I know it's not everybody in the true crime community before I get people coming in my mentions and in my emails like hashtag not all true crime fans or whatever. I know it's not everybody, but there are quite a few people that speak about the victims of these crimes in quite a dehumanising way. Um, and I just... I think that's upsetting. What I will say is that I have seen people within the true crime fandom trying to shut this down and and trying to encourage people to be respectful and that's nice but it, it is still a problem and it's something I noticed a lot with this case about Sarah Everard. I saw a lot of the online discussion in particularly in true crime spaces but also outside that was quite... There was a lot of victim blaming. There was a lot of people trying to find information about her that they had absolutely no right to. Um, There were people uh, discussing her boyfriend at great length and coming up with all these theories about him and how he was probably involved. There was people, um, you know, speculating stuff about her mental health. And I'm like, hold up. You didn't, you didn't even know who this girl was before yesterday. And all you know about her is that she's currently missing and you've seen one picture of her walking down the street on the phone. And you're sitting here speculating about whether she's got schizophrenia or whether she's got a personality disorder or something. What the fuck, bro? From where? With what? You don't know this girl. Stop talking about this. Her family could see this. Her friends could see this why are you like this you know what i mean and i i know it's not everybody but it is enough that people outside of these spaces are noticing um i wouldn't really count myself as part of the true crime fandom but i notice these things so if i'm picking up on it other people outside probably are too and it's not a good look so i just think when it comes to these kinds of cases high profile um cases involving crime we have to be mindful that the people that are being discussed are real people they're not pretend they're not made up they're real and it wouldn't hurt for people to address them with a little bit of respect to not to not act like it's you know like you're talking about your favorite fan theories from a tv show because these are real people's lives that you're discussing and I just, I don't know, man, I just find it kind of gross. You know what I mean? It's, it unsettles me. Um, I just, if it was me, I wouldn't want people talking about me like that. I'm aware, actually, that some people do talk about me like that, but not because I've been the victim of a crime, but just because I, I am slightly, you know, publicly available and so 
<laughs> you know, I, I've seen people talking about things about my life, um, you know, discussing my relationships, you know, discussing my health, my my background, my family and things like that. And it's not easy to look at. So I can't imagine if I was in danger, if I was if I was missing, if my family couldn't find me, and then they were then confronted with a bunch of strangers making those speculations on top of the stress of me already missing. I just I just think it's not very nice, you know? It's very that. But um So yeah, everyone everyone is talking about this. Um a lot of women, um uh, we're, we're talking about their own experiences um, and how they felt about how how life is as a woman um, you know in this current time and and how it can be challenging you know because because it is I mean to give you an example of of what I mean when I say how women adjust their lives to these restrictions so that you know because you know, we, we all have to do things, otherwise we're blamed if something happens to us. And then even if you do do things, you get blamed. I mean, Sarah did all the right things, you know. She told people where she was. She was, you know, making sure people knew where she was going and all that. And she still got blamed for what happened to her. So you can do all the right things and then you can still be told it's your fault because there are still people saying it's her fault oh she shouldn't have been out at night i'm sorry what (laughs) are are women just supposed to stay home in case some kind of psycho decides that they have to die like what the fuck is that um it was it was hard actually seeing a lot of people share their stories because you know I know things that have happened to me and then seeing the same thing happening to my friends was was very very upsetting um there is uh <laughs> uh if you if you seen the the music video that I did for uh one of my recent singles Destino I filmed it in some woods um near where I live and when I come home, I could walk through those woods as a shortcut. And I do during the day when it's light. But I don't do it when it's dark or even when it's sort of like the sun's going down, but it's still a bit light, but it's kind of dark. And the reason for that is because my brother made me promise not to because he was afraid something would happen to me if I did. Um... You know, and and it's it's literally so close to my house. Um, you know, so I 
I should I should be able to just walk through it and know that I'm going to come out the other side alive and yet you know and yet um I I try and get home as quick as I can when I go out places because obvious reasons um because I I don't I don't feel super safe outside you know and that's not on me because I'm just trying to like live my life so who who's to blame here because there's a lot of people saying no 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 it's not my fault it's not my fault I mean I know that you know the reason that you are scared is because my gender keeps doing weird shit but it's not my fault what because here's the thing right you've kind of got at this moment three groups of men okay you've got the men who are just saying okay let's listen Let's find out what you got to say. And those men are great. And we had no choice but to stand. I know the bar's on the floor, but we're going to stand anyway. Well done to those men who just listen. And they don't yell at us and they don't get all defensive and weird and be like, oh, but I don't mean me. Because listen, if, if, if we're not talking about you, if you have never done this weird shit, that's fine that's okay well done on being a normal person and a functioning member of society that's not a fucking creep but you don't get applause for that sweetheart you don't get snaps for that you don't get a trophy you know like well done on being normal you know just pass that on to the people that maybe need it that you know and just you know continue being normal like that's it that's all I can really give you so then you've got group number two and group number two are like the hyper defensive not all men how dare you make this about gender you horrid bitch um you know those guys who are really angry at the idea of women discussing bad experiences that they've had with men um and then you have group number three and i'm gonna be honest i'm starting to dislike these guys more than i dislike the not all men crowd because you've got men who who are essentially playing dumb about the situation for attention and i'm fucking sick of it you've got men who are like they're all over social media and they'll be like um i've been really upset by this whole case can any women tell me ways that I can make them feel safe? And I'm like, common fucking sense, mate. Like, you don't need to be told this. You don't need to publicly ask for this. You are just seeking attention and social media engagement. It's pretty simple, okay? (sighs) Don't grab women, right? just never do that whether it's daytime or nighttime don't creep up on women at nighttime that's weird don't get super close to people don't yell at people in the street like it's all pretty simple stuff and this is also stuff that has been explained so many fucking times it has been made very very clear that it is creepy as fuck when a man 
like gets really close to you and you don't know him or when anyone does that actually if a woman did that to me I'd be freaked out but nevertheless it has been explained that that is weird and creepy so why are these men playing dumb and acting like they don't know (laughs) it's attention seeking is all I can think of um it has been explained so many fucking times that touching someone without their consent is creepy and weird so why are these men fronting like they need to be told if you're the kind of person that goes up and grabs someone randomly fuck it prison at this point because we've gone over this so many fucking times how many times do they need to be told so the only thing i can think of is these men are doing it for attention and validation and so that they can say oh i'm learning and growing and it's like listen mate you should have learned and grown this shit a long time ago okay you're like 45 years old sitting here like oh i didn't understand that if i snuck up to a woman and whispered in her ear at a bus stop she might be frightened really bitch really fuck off freddy krueger i don't have time for this shit okay how many times do we have to go over this with them how many like if you're out here in your mid-30s and you don't have the social skills and the social awareness to know that touching strangers talking to strangers after they've made it clear they don't want to talk to you following strangers exposing yourself to strangers if you don't know that that shit's weird and unacceptable there is no hope for you prison bitch go there do not pass go do not talk to anybody do not follow any girls on the way just fucking go i i'm sick of it (laughs) i'm fucking sick of it i just i mean listen (sighs) let me tell you this let me tell you this okay i do not understand why they're pretending like they don't know i've had enough it's disgusting it's so obvious it's like just think about would you like it if another man did these things to you would you like it if another man came up and grabbed your ass no probably not would you like it if another man came up and got really close to you no probably not would you like it if a man kept pressuring you to talk to him after you said you didn't want to talk probably not no so then why why are you pretending like you don't know that women don't like that like women are not some other species we are the same we're humans okay and we're probably gonna have the same emotional reaction to things so if you would find it creepy if a man did it to you why are you doing it to someone else come on i so so there was a a vigil at the weekend saturday night um on clapham common it was very peaceful i really want to stress that because it's important to note it was very very fucking peaceful okay And then the fucking police turn up. Right? And they are... Grabbing these women. 
they are pulling on these women. They are violently arresting these women. And a lot of the police doing it were men. And I don't understand why nobody thought, okay, so, all right, lads, we're going to a vigil where a whole bunch of women are mourning a woman who was murdered by a police officer. So should we violently arrest these women or... Okay, yeah, yeah, sure, why not? Like, what the fuck, man? I... That's ridiculousness. They will go fucking ham on a bunch of women because... I I don't know, I, I, I really do think that they target women because they think we'll be intimidated. Because it's like, oh, here come these big blokes. And they think we'll be scared. Um, and the reason I think this, right? Let me put my little tinfoil beret on. Is, <laughs> is because I know of multiple women throughout this whole lockdown where the police have gone mad with power, if we're being honest. Where multiple women, when they've been on their own or they've just been with a group of other women, have been targeted and harassed by the police even when they weren't breaking any rules whatsoever um and they have been targeted by police but then you walk down the street and you can see police officers just straight up walk past massive groups of men because wow look who's stereotyping men now because I, I guess they're assuming that if they go after the men, the men will kick off, it'll become a whole thing. But if they go after women, oh, women are compliant. Women will just do what you tell them. And I just... Anyway. So so there are all these pictures and, and videos of... Basically, police completely overreacting. It's the grimmest of things um i mean christ even pretty patel was apparently not happy according to her twitter feed she said some of the footage circulating online from the vigil in clapham is upsetting i have asked the metropolitan police for a full report on what happened i mean girl you're like literally the home secretary but okay um you know it's not like <laughs> I mean sure just ask them it's not like you have any influence as the home secretary oh wait but anyways um, the Metropolitan Police later said we absolutely did not want to be in a position where enforcement action was necessary but we were placed in this position because of the overriding need to protect people's safety because sure protecting people is forcing them all to bunch together even though they're actually peaceful and quite distanced before you showed up and then getting a bunch of huge officers to manhandle them for no apparent fucking reason i mean i mean i mean jesus christ and there there was there was videos where you could you could see the police literally throwing these women around pushing them shoving them it was horrible these big fucking blokes pushing women around at a vigil against violence against women by men 
including male police officers. I mean, I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. God. And then Boris fucking Johnson stuck his nose in. He was like, I will do everything I can to make sure the streets are safe and ensure women and girls do not face harassment or abuse. This is the same Boris Johnson that's been accused of sexual harassment multiple times, but he's going to sort it out. Yeah, all right, Boris. Fucking what but anyways so women are pretty fucking mad naturally one of the things that's pissing me off the most about this whole thing right i'm gonna read you a tweet from the internet that made me just genuinely consider misandry but i thought you know what no we're not gonna go that far (laughs) no but i was close after seeing this buffoonery okay ironically it appears that sarah was killed breaking lockdown my understanding is she went for a she went to a friend's house for dinner breaking the law if she did in no way excuses her death but if someone had reminded her of her duty to obey the law she might still be alive shut the fuck up sybil's dad if that is your real name my god (laughs) we're really out here like fucking curtain twitching when a woman is dead when a woman has been murdered we're out here like oh well maybe if she hadn't broken lockdown fuck off literally get a fucking life you pathetic tragic little wanker jesus fucking christ i mean I just, I don't even understand what has to go wrong in your life for your first thought when a woman is murdered is to say, oh, well, maybe if she hadn't broken the lockdown. What a fucking grass. What an absolute twat. I And you know what? That's not even the only tweet I've seen like that. There has been so much victim blaming of this woman you know oh well maybe if she hadn't been breaking lockdown oh well maybe if she hadn't been out so late at night oh well maybe if she wasn't trying to to walk from clapham to brixton shut the fuck up there is never an excuse for a person to be murdered that shit is insane if you think that there is any reason why well, bitch, you better get to prison too because what the fuck is wrong with you? I... And there's been some ridiculous suggestions as well. This other dude was on here like... Oh my God, this bitch. He really said this. He said, I've had a little idea. Neighbourhood watch type scheme for walking women home from the pub. Local lads sign up to the scheme. Volunteer a couple of nights when they're not drinking. Check in with the pub and then walk women home or to a taxi rank. What? (laughs) 
Okay, so we're bringing in like a guardianship system now. So women, wow. Oh my god. Okay, listen, firstly, that would be infiltrated by creeps like that. Like, it would be so fucking quick. All the creepiest men would be like marching in there like, yes, I'd like to walk home a woman, please. Like, come the fuck on, mate. This guy's talking about how you'd have to DBS check everyone. DBS checks ain't gonna do shit, okay? You wanna know how I know that? Let me tell you. A DBS check, okay, if you get a basic one, will basically tell you fuck all. But if you get the enhanced one, it will tell you if someone is barred from working with vulnerable adults or children and if they have any existing convictions or outstanding investigations against them however if they have not been reported which is often the case with sexual crime because victims feel that they can't go to the police or the police don't take them seriously it's not going to show up in a dbs so there is probably a lot of criminals out there that would pass a dbs with no issue okay so a dbs is not the magic solve all to fucking sexual predators and you know what women shouldn't need fucking chaperones to get home alive okay we shouldn't need to to just to put our lives in the hands of a random fucking stranger that is ridiculous i i don't want to walk home with some fucking strange man i don't care if he's got a dbs certificate or not i want to walk home by my fucking self without some fucking creep getting in on that okay so what we need to do is fucking change how women are treated in society not set up some pathetic little scheme so some creepy dude can fucking monitor me as i walk home i don't fucking need that i need proper actual change that's what i fucking need i don't need any more fucking plasters on this shit i need i need a fucking transplant of society and the attitudes towards women that is what i fucking need no more of this oh i've got a lovely idea let's set up a guardianship system or let's make women always leave the house in groups of two like in the handmaid's tale so nothing can happen to them (laughs) let's let's make sure that women don't leave the house after six fuck off no Abso-fucking-lutely not, bitch. No way. Not happening. What we're gonna do is we're gonna fucking change the way women are treated. And I am gonna be real with you. I don't think it's gonna happen in my lifetime. But I will be part of making it fucking happen. Okay? And I don't want to hear no more fucking not all men anymore i was very channeling rupaul there but sick of it this i just wanted to kind of talk about it briefly um so we're almost like i guess like halfway through lent i'm not good at math so i probably can tell you exactly but (laughs) but it's like halfway over i don't know 
Um, and this year for Lent, I gave up alcohol. And it's weird because I feel like I, I feel like I've cheated, but not because I've had any alcohol because I haven't, but because it's actually been really easy for the most part. Um, I I wouldn't say I was drinking like every day before um, but I would have alcohol a few times a week um, I think <laughs> in part just because life was like so shit so it's like let me just have some like cider or some vodka or some whiskey or whatever and I so I, I think because of that I thought it would be really hard to to not have any for the whole period um you know going through it and being like no I'm not gonna and I you know I really kind of thought that it would be really challenging but I've kind of felt um a lot better and I feel I feel I feel good and I I don't know I guess I just want to talk about it because <laughs> I guess it's not really like a massive achievement because like I think it'd be a different scenario if like I was giving up alcohol for like legitimate reasons rather than just my religion says I have to give up something and I picked that randomly out of all the things that I do um but I thought it would be a difficult thing when I chose it because admittedly I think I kind of was kind of like using it a little bit as a coping mechanism before like not entirely or anything like that like it wasn't crazy but it helped you know it took the edge off of life in its current form which is not pleasant for me um which is probably not good (laughs) um and so I wanted to kind of reevaluate where I stand with alcohol and I thought the best way to do that was to give it up for Lent just to see if I could which I'm currently doing and we're doing great and I'm having a good time and Jesus is like yes bitch you go girlfriend and I'm like thank you Jesus love that from you um <laughs> Uh, but yeah I guess I, I don't know I just felt like talking about it it's weird because I've got in my <laughs> in my kitchen cupboard downstairs right I've got like two massive bottles of vodka from my birthday that I haven't even like I'm not even close to like finishing them like they're, they're still like mostly full and I'm like yeah I'm gonna drink you at Easter but then I'm like but maybe I'll just have a teensy bit maybe I won't even have any I don't know it's it's been weird um but like good weird um it's interesting 
Anyways, I don't even know where this is going. I, just, I, just, I don't know. I think maybe I just wanted to brag about, ooh, I'm sticking to Lent because I'm amazing. <laughs> but I, yeah, anyway. And now back to the regular programming. It's probably going to be more rambling again. You know how this show works. Come on now. Orchids and orange roses lined all around you as the moon shone in daylight hours. Your smile was wide, your embrace meaningful and without manipulation. Nothing made sense, but I didn't care, because for the first time in a long time, my mind was clear. Secrets spilled as I slept in your lap, your hands softly stroking my hair. You placed petals over my brow, decorating my face like a crown. And you say that everything will be all right. I believe you. Oh, that was about a dream I had the other day and I saw Brian and we had a lovely chat um, and he told me lots of secret things. I can't tell you what they are, so don't ask me. Um, but he, he was, it was very reassuring. It was very nice. I love when I have dreams where I get to see Brian. Oh, for, for those that have maybe like just joined us for the first episode and they're probably thinking, what the fuck? I'd like to tell you that actually this show is way more structured, but that would be a lie. Anyways, so Brian is my spirit guide but brian isn't his actual name it's just a nickname because in my head he sounds like brian cox the movie star he kind of looks a bit like him too so yeah anyways so i had a dream about him and he was telling me all these things and i was like wow I was really worried, but you've made me feel really relaxed. Thank you. Oh my God. Love you, King. And so I just wrote that about, you know, the dream. We're in this garden and it was really like beautiful and pretty. And oh, it was a lovely time. And I'm really, really pleased about it. So shout out to him for being there for me and being my friend. Yay. the wooden ruler first the softest option but still harsh in his hands as i lay motionless on the bed i remembered handing it to him for the first time knowing exactly what he intended to do with it but handing it over all the same i handed myself over too i wanted to belong to him truly devoted and as my shaking fingers handed the wooden ruler i just hoped he would accept he did now, many months later, it was time to accept the consequences of belonging to him, and that meant that the wooden ruler was first. He slowly pulled down my underwear, the lace soft against my legs as they fell to the floor, and then it came. 
the first of many, quick and loud against my skin. Wooden ruler first, a gentle sting that got stronger with each stroke. He was so strong. He told me about that once, his voice halfway between cautious and excited as he told me that he was a lot stronger than me, so my idea of a hard spank would be remarkably different to his. He was right, of course, but I had no complaints. A few breathless moans as I dug my fingernails into his duvet cover, but no complaints. Again, wood on skin, wood on skin, wood on skin. At first, I would always try to count each one, but after five or six, the pace always quickened and my mind was a tempest, so all I could do was lay there and allow him to do as he wished. I was his plaything all of the time, but especially when he punished me. It was a confusing cyclone of feelings. I melted at his touch, but my body radiated with shame for disappointing him and bringing the situation on in the first place. Again, wood on skin, wood on skin, but then a new sensation. I wasn't sure how many it had been, I had lost count as always, and now he was kissing me, soft and gentle, his lips lining my spine and then across my shoulders and my neck. Good girl. It would be his hand next. A little respite before the next stage. He wouldn't be soft when he spanked me, but with his hands he couldn't resist kisses and caresses between strikes. It began, his skin, my skin, his fingers gentle with me for a few seconds and then back to the beginning. His skin, my skin, I called out his name, my fingers rough with the duvet cover. I felt it tear in between my fingertips and I knew I would be bruised by morning. I recited his name quietly, like a prayer occasionally screaming until we were both still. His kiss tender on the back of my neck. It was almost over. Just one more step and then I would have atoned. Just a little more pain and pleasure until the road to penance had been completed. Metal. I had given him the metal ruler as a gift. My own little way of saying, I trust you. It was the hardest of all my punishments, but every stroke with the devil's material, as I had come to refer to it in my head, was another reminder that I was right to trust him. He never gave more than I could take, and I was always rewarded for seeking absolution. Metal always seems to go faster than wood or his own hands. I didn't even try to count. I just lay beneath him, writhing and whispering his name as the sharp pain sank into my body and became a kind of sweetness. I could hear the ruler moving through the air and then the impact with my body over and over. Metal on skin, metal on skin, sweet kisses as he moaned my name softly. Metal on skin, metal on skin, then stillness. It was over, for now. Wow. Considering that this episode went from yelling about the royal family to yelling about misogyny to um, 
some other things that happened and then that <laughs> oh my god anyways um so that is from it's like i don't know like a collection of like little tiny stories i'm i'm writing at the moment um I'm actually, I'm writing one this weekend. I'm trying to get one done every week. So that should be up by the end of the day, I imagine. Um, they're about a girl called Angel Baby. It's a cute name, isn't it? And um, some guy. <laughs> um, I just... I, I haven't I haven't really written stuff like this before. I mean, I've written this kind of subject matter, but I've never written it in this kind of format before. And it's really interesting um, to kind of create this character who's still quite mysterious because I haven't, so far in the story, I haven't gone into too much detail um about who she is yet i i i will be doing more of that but it's it's been really fun and i'm really i really like her as a character i think she's fun um uh it kind of reminds me a little of something i wrote a couple of years ago uh, for a short story collection I did that was centered around women and different kinds of women and I wrote something it, it wasn't the same character but it was it was kind of similar this kind of um uh different relationship you know um so it, it's been it's been fun it's been interesting um but yeah i really give it to you all on this show uh we've got republicanism ramblings ending the monarchy ending misogyny um a detailed short story about spanking updates on what i'm doing for lent um yeah and also <laughs> i feel like i'm laughing a lot in this episode because i don't know if i'm doing it on purpose or like by accident but someone once said like i got a comment from somebody who listened to the show and they said they really liked my laugh so now i just i don't know i just kind of like do it and um but it's nice it's nice to hear but anyways um (laughs) yeah so i'll be hopefully there'll be another chapter of that for you to enjoy soon or kink shame it if you like um but uh (laughs) ah see the difference there is that she is actually consenting and that's an important detail that I wrote into the story because I thought that was important and the responsible thing to do when writing about these kinds of things because I remember when I was at university I had the misfortune of uh having to (laughs) having to read Fifty Shades of Grey and it didn't really seem like Miss Thing was that into it. It felt like she was just doing it because she loved the man. Well, I don't really know why, because he seemed dreadful, but she seemed to anyways. And so it didn't seem that much like she liked it. And he would, like, do stuff to her and wouldn't even, like, ask her if, like, she wanted to. And I was like, 
girl, you guys didn't even like talk about this before. Okay, okay, work. That's terrible, and I don't want to be here, but I am. But yeah, so I, I thought it was really important when writing about um these kinds of things to to make it clear that it is a a consensual relationship and that angel is respected as a person and she has agency and she has um she can shut it down at any point you know what i mean it's very that um but i feel like she's a catholic because she likes to suffer i know that feels this with me in the jazz song I wrote you about how I long to lay my cherry flavoured kiss all across your skin wrapped inside your arms again middle of the night I struggle to sleep thinking about how I want to share the spring with you long evenings that get longer in the summer soft sunsets where I'll plant a row of roses setting intentions planting presumptions because I've been sent premonitions and I think I want to live them Get lost in the love songs I found in my head. My soul sang the first time I saw you and she never stops because you are the sweetest kind of muse and I am lost in you. If I'm being pedantic, it's actually not a jazz song. It is a jazz flavored remix of an existing song. But nevertheless, it sounded cooler to say it the way I did. And so I did. Um, Yeah. uh, (laughs) uh, I was just... um, Because I released uh, Sunday Sun as a single on my band camp, which you can get now, by the way. Hashtag ad. But is it inadequate for my own things? I don't know. Um which is a song from my is this part an ad too i don't know if i'm just talking about a thing i don't know from my upcoming record storm capital of the usa um trust me that title makes a lot more sense when you have the whole record because there's there's like a song about it and it's like a whole thing but anyways um but I, I released Sunday Sun as a single on Bandcamp and I put it together with um with <laughs> with the remix um because that allows me to promo the remix album that I put out and also to promo the upcoming new album. So smart. See? Occasionally I, I think about things. Anyways, um but yeah, so I got like the kind of chaotic jazz remix, as I called it. <laughs> um, but that that song is is, is about, um, you know, you know who I mean. 
Oh Christ, I keep forgetting. Sometimes people can just turn up and listen to one episode and be like, what What does she mean? She says that I know, but I don't. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm talking about Leo, who is my... you know, boyfriend and things, and I wrote that song about him, and and then I remixed that song as well, because YOLO, as the kids say, um, and then I wrote a poem about me remixing the song, <laughs> because again, YOLO, as the kids say, uh, no, I, I was thinking, because obviously, because of, you know, the lockdown, that never seems to end. I can't I can't see him so much at all, really, actually. Um, which makes me very hashtag sad. And so I was just kind of thinking about because sometimes I perhaps it seems vain, but I don't care. Sometimes I listen to things I, I write, like my own music, and, and I, I like that song a lot at the moment because it reminds me of him, and I like listening to it and thinking about him, and then I think about, oh, when we can finally actually fucking see each other, that's going to be great, isn't it? And we can do lots of nice things, and, you know, we can we can do stuff together, and it'll be great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I just kind of like writing about that, and I like writing about him. He's very nice to write about. He, um... Yeah. He's very... It's very wonderful. Very, very wonderful. to Sincerely Jennifer with me, Jennifer Wan. If you want to find more of my work, you can on my website, jenniferwan.com or you can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Reddit, SoundCloud and pretty much every social media website ever with the username Miss J Squared. Thank you to my amazing top tier Patreon supporters, Amanda, Kylie, 